Hi everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow intentionally in every aspect of your life. So wherever you find yourself today, this podcast will challenge you to take the next practical step towards your God-given purpose and potential. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-host Robin Aldea. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of this month's Growth Week. This has been such an exciting week of content that we've shared with you. We've been speaking all about becoming the ideal team player, and we said that there are four characteristics that the ideal team player has, and that is, number one, that they can be vulnerable, number two, that they are are humble, number three, that they are hungry, and number four, that they are smart. And so if you have missed those episodes, we want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to number one, what makes an ideal team player. And then as we started breaking down each of those four categories, and today we're going to be speaking about the last one, which is to be smart. Now, Pastor Jay, in the context of the ideal team player, what does it mean to be smart? Yeah, so we have all heard of that phrase, you must stop working hard and start working smarter. And for most of us, when we hear that phrase, we think you need to go back to school and, you know, just educate yourself some more. But that's not really what it's all about. Working smart in this context is not about increasing your intellectual capacity because you can have a high IQ and still be dumb in some sections as you're going to find out. So intelligence over the years has developed many aspects. There are many facets of intelligence and understanding that it's not just about IQ can actually help you get excited the next time when somebody says work smarter. Because if you have been generally that person with a low IQ and you hear somebody saying work smarter, you kind of feel like they're insulting you, but that's not what they mean. It's actually saying that there are ways you can be more smart about what you're doing. And I think, you know, over the years, there was such an emphasis placed on having a high IQ that we kind of overlooked what it means to be smart in other areas i remember you know going to school and growing up and the people around me would always place such a high value on doing like the super smart people stuff like having the mathematics and the sciences and that stuff is great but it's not for everyone and it was almost like unless you wanted to be a doctor (laughs) or a lawyer kind of thing it wasn't really considered as much you know worth in the in those times but i think it's really changed nowadays where people are starting to realize that hey you might not be the smartest person intellectually but there's so much more that you can bring to the table and that's exactly what we're going to be unpacking a little bit today oh yes so being smart is not about your iq which is your ability to solve problems you know iq is always about using your mind to bring solutions it's a logical aspect but then there is also this facet of intelligence that's called EQ, which is your emotional intelligence, basically it deals with recognizing your own emotions and the emotions of others. And then there's another facet to intelligence that's called the SQ. Uh, and in recent years, people have already started talking more and more about the SQ because SQ deals with your ability to make sound judgments when it comes to moral aspects Mm -hmm. of your life. So do you have a really good moral compass? And all these things play a part. And recently I've just been hearing there's a whole lot of chatter, Robin, that's happening about 
AQ. And I'm like, what is this? And they're talking about artificial intelligence. And they are saying that kids are now naturally just prone to technology. Mm-hmm. They, they just know how to operate machines. They work with computers with great ease while we had to go to, you know, kind of extra lessons to learn how mm-hmm. to use computers. Nowadays, you don't have to explain anything to a kid. They just yeah. look at it and they will take your cell phone and they'll do things that you didn't even know your cell phone could do just because of this artificial intelligence that somehow is being passed through generationally. Mm. And I think if you really start to look deep into the different kind of intelligences that you <laughs> that you do get, you realize how important it is that these all work together. As you were talking about that, I was just thinking of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. You <laughs> know, this right. is someone who has such a high IQ. But when you look at the other facets of his life, he really struggled, <laughs> right? He really struggled to connect with people, to be nice with people, to create good, healthy relationships. I think a lot of the relational things that were portrayed in that were a little bit messed up just because yeah. those people, that whole group was so intellectually intelligent, but they didn't really know much about the other areas. You know, the moment you mentioned the Big Bang, I just thought of that whole crew as a team. Yeah. They were highly dysfunctional because even though they had high IQ, they could not function as a team because of what they like. They were not smart in the sense of what we're talking about right now. So what does it mean to be smart in the context of a team? That is what we are looking at today. I think when it comes to being smart in a team, it's not really that much about IQ. Like you were saying, it's about having that emotional intelligence. And especially for us in the context of being a church, but not only for a church. You know, I remember reading about um, Chris Vallotton, who wrote a book called Spiritual Intelligence, Mm. where the first time that he realized how important this was, was was when he went with a team from the Bethel School of Ministry to the Google headquarters to speak to them about, they were talking about IQ, EQ, and then they opened the Google team's eyes to how important SQ is. And so for me, that just shows that this is not just for um, churches. This is not just for religious people. This is so important for everyone to develop in these areas. That's really good. So if you want to be an ideal team player, you need to be smart. And for this context, we mean that you need to develop your EQ, your ability to manage your own emotions and to be sensitive to the emotions of your other team players. We are fusing this with your SQ, which is your strong moral compass. It's been proven over and over again that successful leaders, and like you rightfully said, Robin, not just in the church, successful leaders, period. Mm. They have high EQ and high SQ. They've got a strong moral compass. They know what is right and wrong in terms of their moral lives Mm. and what not to do to other people morally. And they just are good managers of their emotions and the emotions of the people around you. So the ideal team player is smart in this sense. And so we want to encourage you, don't get put off by being smart and start thinking, well, I never was smart. As we are calling this, you can be smart. And what that may look like is just someone exercising common sense in the workplace when it comes to people, when it comes to different kinds of situations. Smart people tend to know what is happening around them, what's happening in a group situation and how to deal with others or with circumstances in the most effective way.
I think smart people are really good at asking questions, right? They listen to what other people are saying and they stay engaged. I think that's a huge thing in being smart is you need to stay engaged with not only the people around you, but the circumstances around you. That's right, Robin. How many times have we been frustrated around the table if somebody, you know, one is speaking or we're going through a meeting mm. and the other person is just like, they they appear not to be interested. In fact, we had somebody some time back who was on our team. They will be really tuned in. They will be listening to you, but they had this like, they're not here. Mm. We, we almost have to ask, did you hear what we said? And of course they heard you, but they didn't have this ability to just mm. stay engage and that comes down to having good judgment in teams good judgment will tell you that you need to appear engaged right, right. it's not enough just to say oh i am here yeah. but it, it it's almost that sense of you're not interested you may be hearing what everyone is saying but the people around you look at you and it's like oh you're not interested so you need to use that good judgment in a team you know when you just say that i thought again coming back to a sports team if you appear disinterested, no one is going to pass the ball to you because they, they're not sure. Are you really going to run or are you going to let us down? So we have to always be smart and exercise good judgment. So I think it's only natural to ask Pastor Jay, how then do you recognize when there are individuals on a team that are just not smart? You know what, Robin, it's easy to recognize this because people who are not smart will always create unnecessary problems. Mm. Uh, when you find that on your team, you've got unnecessary problems. Every time you, you come together, there are always issues that you're trying to solve. There's always conflict that is unnecessary. It's simply because someone or some people on the team are not smart because we have had these experiences on our team, Robin. And because I am the leader and I tend to sense the tension in the office, I can walk into the office and many times I've said, that, hey, there's tension. And if I were to just dig a little bit deeper, I would recognize that somebody on the team was not smart. You know, uh, they did something that is dumb. They were not sensitive to somebody's emotions. You know, generally our doors are open. We've got this kind of open door policy. So if I close my door, a smart person knows that, hey, the door is usually open. Right now this person is focusing or this person does not want to be disturbed and you just walk in and you budge in, you don't knock. That's not being smart. And we have had those moments where somebody is sitting on the naughty corner for the whole week, you know, and sometimes for even longer. But while they are sitting <laughs> on this naughty chair, they tend to notice everything that needs correction in somebody who's doing so well. And they think, oh, this is my opportunity to correct you. That's just been dumb. You don't try and correct somebody when you have just been naughty you know it's mm. like just just hang hold on hold, hold on, on hold on just just deal with your own issues right now because i don't think i am going to take your contribution any serious <laughs> and just to clarify we don't have a physical naughty <laughs> naughty chain in our organization but you know what i'm saying and many times even in relationships you have just been caught out for just seriously doing something that deserves you know, some time for you to work through and process. And then in your defense, you're trying to correct somebody else. That's, that's just being dumb. 
And people who are not smart, I don't want to say dumb people because that sounds a bit harsh, but <laughs> people who are not smart also, they don't know how to choose their moments. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than oh, man being in a situation and someone just says something inappropriate or makes mm. a joke inappropriately. Or even there are times where it's a lot more relaxed, but then the person who's not smart tends to just cross a line that everyone yeah. else knows. Ooh, that was just a little bit too far. That's right. And so it's important that when you're on a team, you develop this characteristic of just being smart, being sensitive, being aware of what's happening around you. So Robin, yeah, we we now know what smart is in terms of the ideal team player and what it looks like in practical terms when you are on a team and you're not being smart. But now, how do we develop this characteristic, this virtue of being a smart team player. You know, Pastor Jay, I don't think we would do this conversation justice if we just skipped by IQ. Mm. Because as much as we're saying it's not the most important thing, when you are intentionally developing your intellectual capacity, you become more valuable to a team, right? So you need to constantly be growing yourself, constantly be growing in the area of being intellectual. And that can be as simple as enrolling in courses, pursuing higher learning, improving your skills, doing research, surrounding yourself with people who know more than you, which we've said many times before on on various episodes of this podcast. So it is important that you do grow in that area of intellectual capacity. So that's super, super important. I like that, Robin, because many times I'm impressed when somebody, perhaps they learn in something and then they discover something new and they come and share that with you. That's just being smart. It's not just about emotions in the sense, but it's a skill that mm. you have discovered that adds value to the organization. Definitely. And then EQ, which obviously refers to your emotions, is the ability to monitor, understand, and act upon your emotions. Now, this is an area that I am probably the weakest in, if I'm being honest, and that I have to work the most intentionally mm. to develop. And ways to do that, it sounds simple, <laughs> but it's actually not. There's a lot of underlying things that go into that. But number one would maybe just be to pause. If you are a person who's really prone to emotions that can get out of control, you need to pause and just reflect first before you respond. That Mm. can help you so much if you're in a super emotional situation. And then we have to become more self-aware. Become mindful of your emotions, what is happening inside of you. And that can look like things like journaling, Mm. which helps you to process those emotions to really know, okay, what is this that is happening inside of me? And then letting some people into that area in your life, allowing them to say, hey, can you hold me accountable? Can you help me to work through these things? You know, practicing self-awareness is really, really important if you want to be smart. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've started doing, I think I said it on our last series I did speak about meditation a little bit and while I'm meditating every morning one of the things that I tend to ask myself is what am I feeling right now and why am I feeling the way I'm feeling so it's just daily asking yourself what's happening inside will keep you more aware of what you're feeling and how to use that to be more productive within your team. And then probably the most important thing that you can do is to actually take responsibility for your emotions. Mm. I think many people think that, hey, you're a victim to your emotions and your emotions control you, but that's not the truth. You have the ability to control your emotions and to become powerful mm. in that area. So 
So you might get angry that someone cuts you off in a meeting while you're talking, but they didn't actually make you mad. Yeah. That's the truth. So there's this old axiom that says you can't control other people you can only control your reactions that's to good. them and so that's super important now pastor jay what about sq how do you develop a bit more sq so obviously for us we are christians you're gonna have to spend more time with jesus and mm. you're gonna have to press into the spiritual aspect we know that man is three-part being spirit body soul so if you want to become more spiritually intelligent you need to spend time spiritually connecting with God. Mm-hmm. And that may look like, you know, for us, be faithful in attending church, be faithful in attending prayer meetings, life groups, where spiritual people gather, where spiritual activity is happening. Because when you're in that environment, how many times have we been in worship or in prayer and something supernaturally happens and you're like, wow, I sensed that, I felt that. And your spiritual senses become more enlightened as it were. So it's a important for us to understand that developing spiritual intelligence like any other intelligence requires us to put the effort we mm-hmm. we kind of think that this happens supernaturally i said yes to jesus so it's just going to happen supernaturally no there is effort you need to read your bible you know i'm amazed how many people don't even know some basic biblical stories mm-hmm. and you think how are you going to be spiritually intelligent if you don't know the story of David and Goliath, you are spiritually dumb. Mm. (laughs) What's happening is you don't even know the lessons from that story. So when you find yourself in a similar situation and you don't know the story, you cannot apply spiritual wisdom in that area. Something that I love to say, anyone who has spent much time around me will know I always say this. I think one of the best ways to grow spiritually Mm. is to serve in church i love that you know if i look at my own life my life completely changed when i decided to start serving in church it's almost like that's where my purpose my passion everything came out just from my yes Mm. to availing myself and to start serving in church and what i love about that is there's so much that goes along with it i was just thinking about it you learn teamwork when you're serving in church you learn how to deal with other people you actually grow in your IQ, in your EQ, in your SQ. So that's such a powerful thing, which God requires of us because we are his body, right? And I love that we're actually talking about this right now at church in our midweek service. You know, we are all part of building God's kingdom together. And so we need to play our part and that will help us to grow in every aspect of our lives. So good, Robin. And what I like about that point is simply this. When you decide to serve you're choosing to invest in your spiritual Mm. journey you're choosing to invest in your spiritual intelligence because you know if you wanted to increase your iq for example you would go and enroll in some university or something and that investment you know how people say well i went to yale i went to harvard that environment just being at yale and harvard will challenge you to increase your your iq so hey you want to increase your sq be in a good church and invest by serving in that church. So, Robin, we have covered four important attributes of an ideal team player. And we said you need to be vulnerable, you need to be humble, you need to be hungry, you need to be smart. And it is important for us to say at this point that these four work together. Just having one doesn't make you an ideal team player. You need to at least have two 
or more. Mm. You know, two gives you 50%. So you need two or more. And let's talk about the dangers of just having one of these attributes because somebody may have one. In fact, if we think of it, the person that we were talking about earlier on and saying they need to get this right and they need to work on this, they may have an attribute. Maybe we listed these four and they're like, yeah, but this is my one attribute. One is not enough. One is not good enough. If you have one, you are below par. You need to have two and above. Why is one not good enough? And I think, you know, even two is pushing it, oh, yeah. right? Even two is pushing it because it's what makes... It's very average. Yeah. What makes vulnerable, humble, hungry, and smart people powerful and unique is not the individual attributes in themselves, but the required combination of mm-hmm. all four. If any one of those things is missing in a team member teamwork automatically becomes a little bit harder. It Mm. becomes significantly more difficult and sometimes not even possible. And again, in the case of having only one attribute, it actually becomes really, really difficult. And so that's why we want to share some of these things that we've coined if you only have one of those. So number one, if you only have vulnerability, then you are gullible. We actually, I remember when we were trying to think of a way to say this, I actually said, oh, we should call it the emotional mess. And then you said, what about Rick? (laughs) You know, these are the kind of people that are just too vulnerable. They are too trusting and unguarded. And that in itself can be quite dangerous because they just don't exercise wisdom when it comes to being trusting, right? Yeah. And sharing whatever is happening in their lives. You know, it's that whole aspect of a city without walls. You need to be guarded. And while vulnerability is important for the team, but if you're only vulnerable, the rest of the team is like, why are you telling this? Why are you sharing this with us? Because in every other aspect you're lacking. And the one thing about all of these actually is that you need to be smart in them. It is not smart to only be vulnerable, right? So again, it's the combination of all these things working together. Yeah. And then the second one, we said, if you are only humble, then you are considered a pawn. Mm. You you are the kind of person that everybody is just going to be pushing around. You know, pawns don't have real significant value. They're waiting for somebody to just move them. And you are usually controlled by everybody on the mm. team. And that's not good for you. And that's not good for the team. Definitely. And the thing about the pawn is that they're generally likable. So yeah. people don't have personal issues with them. But this nice but low-key behavior won't be accepted indefinitely so eventually it's just going to start grating on people and it won't be helpful to have a pawn on the team Mm. and then this next one um, I can relate to a little bit (laughs) is the bulldozer now the bulldozer is only hungry they have a one-track mind when it comes to getting things done they are just so focused on what needs to be done that it actually can be quite dangerous because they don't care about anything else they don't care about anyone else so again you can just have bulldozers bulldozing over people and obviously that is hurtful to a team yeah so just being hungry alone you might be like why why are you guys not celebrating me i get things done but yeah while you get things done you are just bulldozing you are actually destroying the team in the process so it's not good enough to just be hungry and then yeah the fourth one is if you're just smart 
you are considered a charmer. You are the charmer. You you know how to deal with people. You know how to read the situation well. You, you know the right thing to say. Maybe oh, yeah. yeah. You you are you are a good listener. When when people are going through issues, they can come to you and and you listen and you are attentive. You you know when to encourage somebody. But if that's all you're doing, it's like oh, you're such a nice person. You're a charmer, but then you don't add real value to the team. And in due season. People are just actually going to say, um, at the end of the day, you are not adding value. You are not helping us get to the goal that we have yeah. for our team. Definitely. So you can see that these can actually become quite detrimental to a team. And like we said, really just help your team to be dysfunctional, which yeah. you do not want. So Pastor Jay, we've come full circle now. All right. We started off this week saying that we realized around our table that our team was quite dysfunctional. We shared that there was a team member that we had a lot of frustration towards and we struggled, you know, to really relate with them and I think the natural question that maybe our podcast listeners are asking is why would you keep someone like that on the team when (laughs) they just cause frustration when it looks like they're not really putting in much effort you know is that smart Um, when you talk about today's topic how can you be smart when it comes to people on the team that are struggling yeah so obviously in in view of what we're talking about here as the team leader or as a coach you have to be smart in how you deal with people so when it comes to people you want to know when is the right time because doing the right thing at the wrong time i think we covered this in our last series is always going to be wrong so you want to know when is the right time to keep somebody or how long to keep somebody on the team and when is the right time to let them go. I think we started the year by just kind of rearranging our team. We had to let certain people go because enough was enough. We kind of knew that there was nothing else that could be done. But now we're in the process of trying to make our team more effective and we, we have discovered that they perhaps somebody that uh, we're not sure what's going on in their lives. And the one thing that I want to say, maybe you're the, you're the team leader or maybe not even a team leader. You are just in a relationship or you are working with a group and you're not sure when do you draw the line. You have to make sure that you are smart about it. How is your moral compass? Because if you're doing it with the wrong spiritual motive or whatever, all those things, all those things will come back to bite you. So you want to check yourself first, check your own emotions. Uh, Many times, you know, like when we're sitting around the table, there'll be moments where you're like, just you're fired, you know, the Donald Trump, let's just fire you right now. And it's finished. But that's just being emotional because when you are frustrated, when you are angry, you just want to react out of the anger. But when you are smart, you know how to control those emotions and what to do with the person. A, a good example that came to mind was Jesus and his team. Now, Jesus had crazy people on his team. And I kind of thought, how on earth did he manage to keep some crazy folks like Peter? <laughs> you know, there were times when Peter would just do some Something that is just like unchristian, like Peter, that's, that's not what we're talking about right now. But Jesus kept Peter on because he knew that Peter had a part to play mm. in the future of the team. And then you have a Judas. You now have this guy that you know. In fact, Jesus, before he even mentions that Judas was going to betray him, they actually said Judas was a thief. So the team knew that Judas was stealing. And I, I can imagine the rest of the team saying, Jesus, Why is Judas handling our finances and yet he's a thief? 
Why can't you just take those finances away from him? But he just knew that Judas has a part to play. And so what I've discovered is that sometimes there is somebody who is not the ideal team player, but they have one virtue. Maybe talk about the four virtues. They've got one of the four virtues that the rest of the team maybe is still struggling with. And so you allow them to stay on the team as long as the team is learning from this person or as long as is necessary for the team to learn from this person, this one virtue. But if you're that person with the one virtue, here's the deal. If you don't grow, you are going to lose your sport on the team. Eventually it will happen. Judas eventually lost his sport. You know, the book of Acts starts with the disciples saying, hey, now that Judas is gone, Let's find somebody to take his place. So if you're that one person just holding on to your one virtue, you know, I'm so humble. Mm -mm. One day the team is just going to say, well, we have learned enough about humility. Let's replace you because you are not learning the other aspects. Or maybe I'm that charmer. I've always been encouraging you. One day they're just going to be like, yeah, that's that's not enough. And I just love the contrast that you make from Peter and Judas. Mm. They both, in a sense, Peter was elevated. You know, he became like the, almost the father of the church in a Mm. sense, because, you know, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So Peter learned what he needed to learn. And we see him take on the most amazing missions for the kingdom, right? And like you said, Judas was let go. So there is always a breaking point. You know, either you're going to be the peter that's going to get it and then be elevated or you're going to be the judas that is just going to man it it doesn't end well a lot of times for the judas that's good so yeah sometimes you are kept on the team maybe let's think of this in terms of even friendship maybe some of the people that you are friends with are allowing you to stay within that friendship circle just because they're giving you grace but you need to come to a place where you say, I am not just going to hold on to this one virtue. I am going to learn. Otherwise, you're going to be kicked off. And I think that there's this thing that I'm starting to see a lot lately. You know, we look at the things that we struggle with or our personal dysfunctions and we almost start to wear them as badges of honor. Mm. So we start to say, hey, this is my area that I'm not good at. Da, 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 da. And you're like, oh, you just need to accept that. You just need to deal with that. And because we're in Christian circles, there's so much grace. For that rightfully so yeah. right we need to have grace for other people but when you start to hold those things as if it's something to be proud of as if it's just a oh but that's just who i am that eventually just doesn't cut it anymore and you also could find yourself being let go of on a team or a friendship a relationship because you're not growing in that area that's good so yeah uh, the the whole conversation this week was to challenge you to be the ideal team player and i want to say to you don't be that person with just one virtue. And if you didn't have any of them, you're not even supposed to be on a team anyway. But if you only have one, make it a point that now that I know these things, I am going to grow in all these other aspects so that I can at least contribute 50% and above to my team. Yeah. You know, so I'm only using percentage to just tell you how serious this is, to show you how serious your holding on to one thing could just be limiting your team. Well, Pastor Jay, 
this conversation has been awesome i've loved every single minute of it and i really hope that our podcast listeners have as well i can't believe that we're at the end but hey this doesn't mean it's the end of growth week we're going to be back next month with brand new content the conversations are going to be great again so we want to encourage you make sure that you have followed or subscribed to this so that you never miss a single episode as usual we want to encourage you to share this with someone make sure that you bring other people along on your growth journey with you and so until then let's keep growing Growing.